You are listening to audio from Citizens Church, located in Plano, Texas. For more information about this ministry or to give to this ministry, please visit citizenschurch.com. Good morning. If you're new here, welcome to Citizens Church. My name is Jamin. I am one of the pastors. If you're watching online, wherever you are, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will be in Proverbs 18, 14, 15, 13, and 17, 22 uh, this morning, the verses that Miss Robin just read for us, continuing in our series on wisdom. Um, if you think back around this time two years ago, um, we were all at home. The pandemic had, had pretty much just started, and only essential business was open, and restaurants were to go only, and we as a church were doing online services only, and uh, the world had changed, and uh, everybody agreed on everything that happened during that time, right? Um, and we all had to adjust to life at home. We were all at home mostly and, and, and adjusted in our own ways. What that meant for the rollers is during that time uh, is when we started really caring about our yard. Um, and by we, I mean I started caring about our yard. Some would say I cared too much, and that's fair. Um, but during that time, two years ago, we laid new sod, and we removed a bunch of old bushes, and we got flowers, and we planted ornamental trees, and we bought bird feeders, and it got weird. Um, <laughs> but now, since then, I am that guy. Like, I, I haven't said it out loud yet. I've not said, get off my lawn to anyone, <laughs> but I have thought it so many times. And, um, and that's just kind of continued. And, and so last summer... Uh, what we did was we planted a bunch of flowers. We planted even more flowers than we did two summers ago. And what we planted was we planted these beautiful hibiscus plants. You know what those are? It's a, it's a flowering plant. It's tropical. And they're so pretty. They, um, they bloom over and again. And so what will happen is they'll bloom and it'll be a big red flower or a big white flower or a big yellow flower. And then that'll fall off and it'll bloom somewhere else on the plant. And so they're beautiful. And we put like 10 of them in our yard in different places one of them was planted in the wrong place. Uh, one of them we planted right where our concrete ended. And so it was just vulnerable to a lot of different things. That one plant, uh, it got hit by a lot of soccer balls and a lot of basketballs and a lot of footballs. Um, our dog, when he gets excited, he'll run circles in the backyard. And, and that plant was part of his path. And so he would run over that plant. And uh, praise God for dogs. So what happened to that plant is it started looking sadder and sadder. The, the leaves just kind of like drooped a bit, and then the whole plant kind of started leaning over just a bit. It had just taken too many hits. And then one day, uh, a child, one of my children, was playing soccer in the backyard and had their cleats on and was chasing the soccer ball and jumped and with a cleated foot accidentally landed right on sad plant. And the child looks at me and says, sorry, Dad. Uh, and then they ran off, and I looked at what was left of this beautiful flowering plant, and the best word to describe it was it was crushed. It was just crushed. Uh, it had just been hit too many times, and then finally that one kind of cleated stump uh, was the worst, and it was crushed into the ground. This morning, Proverbs is going to tell us something that's really important for us to know. Uh, it's sad. It's a sad truth, but it's an important one to know, and, and here's, here it is. That can happen to people. Um, humans can be crushed by life. Namely, there is something that can happen in the very depth of a person, in the very spirit of a person. And Proverbs calls it a crushed spirit. 
Proverbs 18, 14, a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Proverbs 15, 13, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. The phrase crushed spirit is used in this sense only four times in the whole Bible. Remember that, we're going to need it. Three of those are in Proverbs, and we just read them. So Proverbs teaches something that you only find this explicitly in the book of Proverbs. There's a condition that we can experience, and it's called crushed spirit. By sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. A crushed spirit who can bear. A crushed spirit dries up the bones like a flowering plant trampled on too many times and crushed into the ground with one final stomp. Something like that can happen to the, to the very spirit of a person. This is week 11 of our wisdom series. Wisdom, if you remember, is living in God's world and God's way. Wisdom has a posture, it's low. It has a pace, it's slow. It has a person, it's Jesus. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Wisdom describes for us four different types of fools, the stubborn, the sluggard, the simple, and the scoffer. These are forms of foolishness, ways of being in God's world that miss God's way. And those are all truths that we've been building together in these 11 weeks. There are all these uh, foundational things about wisdom that we need to know in order to stand on those things and, and grow wise together. And this morning, I want to add another truth to that. It's maybe not as foundational as those, as those other truths. It doesn't get as much press in the book of Proverbs, but it's really, really important. Zach S. Wine, he's a pastor, he's an author, he's a mentor of mine, and I've mentioned him a couple times, and he's influenced me and He's influenced much of this. Whenever that happens, I just wonder if I said something God didn't like, and so I just want to <laughs> stop. Uh, he's influenced me, and he's influenced much of this spirit and uh, of this series that we've been in. And, and what he does is he gives the crushed spirit a name, and I find it helpful. Um, just like Proverbs calls the, the fool different names, stubborn and simple and sluggard, Eswine looks at what Proverbs teaches about the crushed spirit, and he names it the wounded. By sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. A crushed spirit, who can bear? A crushed spirit dries up the bones. What do you call someone for whom that's the condition that they're in? Wounded. I imagine it's, it's true that, that we maybe have wounded in the room this morning. Uh, many in the room one day may have a crushed spirit. Maybe right now you're in a season or you feel your, feel your spirit kind of crushing. What I know for sure is we live in a world that does not know how to handle pain. And so it's important for us as the people of God to hear from God what His Word says to the wounded. And so we're taking a next step in our wisdom series this morning. And the next step that we take together on wisdom's path is we're going to spend two weeks talking about the wounded. We're going to spend two weeks talking about the crushed in spirit. This morning we'll answer three questions about the wounded. Who are they? What happened? And what do they need? Who are they? What happened? And what do they need? Um, friends, it'll be a bit heavy this morning, and I'm just trusting that Jesus will meet us in that, but I wanted to let you know. Who are the wounded? Proverbs 18, 14 answers that question. It says, a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? The word spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. We uh, first see that word in the Bible in the first chapter on the first page, in the second verse, it says in Genesis 1-2, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So God has a spirit. That word ruah can also mean wind or breeze. But when the Bible, 
especially when Proverbs uses that word, the word spirit, it's talking about a woman or a man. When it uses that word to talk about them, it's talking about the very core of who they are. Some immaterial parts that is a driving part of the human and it, and, it, and it drives their life. Proverbs 17, 27 uses the word and says this, whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. In other words, the, the person who restrains uh, words, who doesn't blurt out, who doesn't rage, they're doing that because there's something true deep inside of them that allows them to do that. Their spirit is cool. And it's not cool the way like a, a Tesla's cool. Cool just means settled. It's tempered. It's calm. And so a spirit is talking about something that is really deeply true about somebody and uh, something that, that, that drives them that, that's beyond just the exterior things about their life. Tim Keller, as always, super helpful. He says it's inner being. The human spirit is what we would call today emotional energy, passion for life, that which propels us out into life. I think it might be helpful to understand it this way. The spirit of a person is someone's inner life. Not their outer life, it's their inner life. It's the word you use to talk about the parts of you that are most true about you. Maybe we don't use this language that often, but if you've ever heard so, uh, someone say about someone else, they just have a spirit about them. Maybe it's a joyful spirit. Maybe it's a sour spirit, right? They're, they're talking not just about external, but something deeper than then something that's coming outside of them that drives them, it's the inner life, right? That's spirit. The spirit is the inner life of a person. Crushed, the Hebrew word for crushed means crushed. It just means defeated, broken. So who are the wounded? The wounded are those who have a crushed inner life. Their inner life looks maybe a bit like a flowering plant that's been crushed into the ground, and so its leaves are sad, and it lays instead of stands. See something? The Bible teaches us something about life that contradicts so much of what we hear and we've been taught to believe in the message that swirls around us. A man's spirit will endure sickness. The first sentence of verse 14, a man's spirit will endure sickness. If we just stay there for a minute, the most important factor to living well is a healthy, whole inner life, a healthy, whole spirit. A healthy, whole inner life can endure a sick, fractured outer life. That's what the first sentence means. A man's spirit will endure sickness. Sickness is terrible, especially chronic sickness is terrible. But a healthy, whole inner life can endure a sick, fractured outer life. And what we're sold and what our foolish hearts are so prone to believe is the opposite. That life is all about the healthy, prosperous, successful outer life. And only when the outer life is right, only when the outer life is healthy and prosperous and successful, then and only then will the inner life be healthy and whole. And so we spend our time constructing the outer life that we believe will fill and repair and satisfy the inner life, and it doesn't work like that. We've gotten it, we've gotten it mixed up. We've gotten it twisted. It doesn't take much to see the error in this, right? Um, we probably all know rich people who are really sad. We probably all know successful people who are really empty. We probably all know beautiful people who have ugly hearts. You, you can have a full life in an empty spirit. There is a sad fact of life, friends, and it's this. You are never truly disappointed until your dreams come true. Welcome to church. You're never, 
truly disappointed until your dreams come true. Why is that? Because it's when your dreams come true that you realize you've given your dreams weight it couldn't carry. Namely, we've placed on them, the, uh, the, we've placed on our outer life the burden of healing our inner life. And only God can do that. Only God provides those kinds of resources. Think of Jesus, the only human to ever live who had a completely whole and healthy inner life. And think that his outer life, remember that his outer life was missing so many of the things that we tie our hope in. Um, so we think that there's an amount of money that makes the inner life healthy, and we forget that our Savior was poor. We think there's a kind of romantic love that makes the inner life whole, and we forget our Savior was single and chaste. We think there's an amount of children that makes the inner life satisfied, and we forget that our Savior was childless. The life well lived is not the outer life that has everything we want, but the inner life that is whole and healthy. And so even if the outer life is sick and fractured from not having what we want or sick and fractured from having things that we don't want, there is a strength to the inner life. There's a wholeness. There's a wellness to the inner life that comes from God. So hear the wisdom from the proverb. A man's spirit can endure sickness. There is a kind of fractured, sick, painful outer life that an inner life can endure. You ever know someone who went through something terrible and tragic? Their, their outer life was sick and fractured, and yet they respond with strength and hope and courage. And you look and you just think, how? It doesn't make sense. How are they responding like that? How are they uh, surviving like that? How are they flourishing like that? That story, friends, is all over this room. In some ways, that's the story of this church. And the answer to the how question is that with Jesus, because of Jesus, there's a health and a wholeness in the inner life. And it didn't mean the pain isn't painful. It just means there's enough inner strength of spirit to endure the outer suffering. That's the first part of the verse. A healthy, whole inner life can endure. What's the next line? And I'm so grateful for the next line because it doesn't hold these things, it doesn't juxtapose these things, it holds these things that they can be true, that you can hold them in tension. A healthy, whole inner life can endure. A crushed spirit, who can bear? A crushed inner life, who can bear that? The healthy, whole inner life can bear hard things, but a crushed inner life is itself unbearable. My favorite Proverbs commentator says this. His name's Derek Kidner. Short of outward resources, life is hard. Short of inward, it's unsupportable. It's one thing to not have enough material resources for life. That's difficult. It really is. But it's a whole other thing to not have the internal resources that your life demands. And it's not, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough stuff. It's, I don't have the spirit. I don't have the spirit for this. I don't have the emotion. I don't have the inner life. Why? Because it's crushed. It got stomped on. It, it took too many hits. And so while it is true that a healthy whole inner life can endure, Proverbs is also telling us that that same inner life can be crushed. Maybe one way to think of it is every human spirit has a breaking point, if you will. Even Jesus, even Jesus, the model of the perfect human, healthy whole inner life, he experienced something like this or at least came close to it in the Garden of Gethsemane he wept prayers, and he sweat blood, and it says he was in anguish. Who are the wounded? 
the wounded are those whose inner life has been crushed. The inner life can bear a lot of things when it's healthy and whole, but when the inner life is crushed, it itself is unbearable, and life is unbearable. Do you know what that's like? Have you ever been there? Are you there now? Are you wounded, friend? What happened? If that's who the wounded are, what happened to the wounded? Another way to ask it is what crushes the spirit? Well, Proverbs 15, 13 tells us, it says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. By sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. What crushes the spirit? Sorrow of heart, suffering of heart. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. When hope doesn't come, when it's not realized, the heart gets sick and sorrow of heart eventually crushes the spirit. So what happened to the wounded? How is the spirit crushed? The general answer is sorrow, suffering, tragedy, pain, difficulty. And as I think about this as a pastor and as a human, there are three experiences that come to mind. There are more, and I won't cover everything that needs to be said, but there are three forms of sorrow, three causes of a crushed spirit that I want to mention. Loss deeply wounds, sickness deeply wounds, and fools deeply wound. Sorrow of heart crushes a spirit, and there is a sorrow of heart that comes from loss and from sickness and from fools that can crush a spirit. If I think about loss, there is no pain in this world like losing someone you love. It's nothing like it. Death is the worst. It's just the worst. Think of our Savior when he found out his friend Lazarus had died. He knows he's going to raise him from the dead. He knows he's going to call him out of the tomb. And what does he do? He weeps. And there's a lot of ideas as to what he's weeping for and what his tears mean. And a lot of people have analyzed those tears. And I just don't think that we have to think very hard to simply say he cried because death is so, so, so sad. It's so sad. And to lose someone you love, it can crush a spirit in one cruel stomp, goodness, because then the rest of life is clouded by that absence. Every moment of sadness is sadder because they're not there. Even every moment of joy has a touch of grief because it's joy that could have been with them, but they're gone. Loss wounds, and it doesn't always. I'm not saying everyone experiences this when they lose someone but loss, death, it can and often does crush a spirit. Sickness also wounds. Most of you know this, but my little brother was born with uh, spina bifida. He's paralyzed from the waist down. He has been his whole life. He has been chronically ill his entire life. And so I have seen a truth my whole life, and it's this. When you are chronically sick, suffering's foot never leaves you. It's always stepping on you. And so any amount of added pain, if you're always in pain, is just too much. When I read the verse, a man's spirit will endure sickness, I first thought of my little brother because he's strong. He loves Jesus. Most of his life has been marked by the first part of that verse. There's an inner strength that has endured outer suffering. But there are times and seasons where it's just too much. The chronic sickness is too much. It can break. It can leave you deeply wounded. Sickness wounds. That includes suffering of the mind. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. 
We've talked about this before. All mental suffering is really complicated. According to the Bible, there's a kind of anxiety that is sin of the heart, but there's also a kind that is suffering of the mind. And for those who experience the suffering of the mind kind of anxiety, life can be really hard. Augustine says this, the mind commands the body and is immediately obeyed. The mind commands itself and is immediately resisted. In other words, when you suffer in your mind, you are against you. You feel trapped by you, and that has a way of chipping away at the spirit. It can crush you. It can leave you deeply wounded to live in that for a long time. Or maybe, friends, you're not the, uh, the one who is sick, but you're the primary caregiver for someone who is chronically ill. God bless you. Your faithful, unseen, ordinary love is seen and celebrated in heaven, I promise you. But life is a lot, right? When you're caring for someone who's sick, a spouse with cancer, a parent with dementia, a child with a disability. And what happens is, is their needs require of you. And what can happen is there's no longer space for your needs, uh, your rest, your time with God even. And over time, that weight can crush you. Your spirit breaks. You wake up one day and all the inner resources are gone. You feel like somebody stomped on your soul Sickness deeply wounds, loss deeply wounds, sickness deeply wounds. And then please hear me, fools deeply wound people. It's relational suffering. We talked about the types of fools, the stubborn, the simple, the sluggard, the scoffer, foolishness hurts. If you've been in relationship with a fool for a long time, uh, somebody who's given themselves over to foolishness, then you've been wounded by them. Uh, the simple wound people with their childishness. The sluggard wounds people with their lack of intentionality. When we talk about wisdom and relationships, we'll spend time talking about all of that. But, but for this morning, when I think about the kinds of fools that crush spirits, two come to mind, the stubborn and the scoffer. Remember, the stubborn is always right. The stubborn is easily offended. The stubborn weaponizes truth. The stubborn rages and laughs. There is no quiet. And my friend, if a lot of your life has been in relationship with or around the stubborn, you've been hurt by them, maybe even crushed by them. And it's complicated to talk about because there's not really, uh, sometimes it's, it's not just black and white, there's a little bit of gray. Like, this isn't the only example, but it's an important one, and it's one that I have conversations with people about all the time. Maybe you grew up in a home, and your home was really confusing, and it was confusing because there was a lot right. Maybe it was a Christian home. Maybe mom and dad went to church. Maybe mom and dad led in church. And maybe no one ever had an affair. And maybe no one ever drank too much. And maybe no one ever used bad words. But home wasn't safe because the climate of the home was anger. Maybe mom was easily offended and would lash out. Or dad quoted the Bible but only to control. He used God's word as a weapon. And you never knew what the emotional climate of the home was going to be. And your interactions with mom and dad had a lot of harsh correction but no apologies. You can count on one hand how many times they said, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. And that's something that parents need to say a lot because we're wrong a lot. Or maybe it's never happened. The stubborn don't apologize because they're always right. And my friend, if you lived in a home where mom or dad was wise in their own eyes and perpetually prideful or perpetually angry or perpetually irritation ruled the home, it means you weren't raised, you were controlled. And that wounds deeply, it does. That crushes a spirit. The darkest and the saddest and the most devastating wounds come from the scoffer. And I won't use detail just to honor the stories in the room, those that I know and those that I don't. But scoffers hate God and they hurt people. 
So the scoffer is the abusive spouse, the scoffer is the abusive pastor, the scoffer is the abusive parent, the scoffer is the abusive sibling, the abusive boss, the scoffer sets fires, the scoffer takes what's not theirs, the scoffer preys on innocence, scoffers exist to crush spirits. And if you've been in relationship with one in any of those ways, they have tried to crush your spirit and it's not your fault, but you may have been left deeply wounded. What happened to the wounded? What crushes the spirit? Sorrow of heart, the sorrow of loss, the sorrow of sickness, the sorrow that comes from fools. I know it's heavy. I love you. Jesus loves you. Do you see yourself anywhere in any of that? Deeply wounded from loss, deeply wounded from sickness, deeply wounded by the stubborn of the scoffer. Is your spirit crushed? Okay. What do the wounded need? Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We're going to hang on that last line. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. What it means is wounds do not simply go away. A crushed spirit does not heal itself. What do the wounded need? The wounded need wisdom for their wounds. There's a lot of words that, that, that fit. The wounded need healing. The wounded need comfort. The wounded need Jesus. There's a specific kind of wisdom the wounded need. Next week, we'll continue answering this question, and the Proverbs will tell us that what the wounded need is the wounded need good friends and good words and good news. That's next week. I want to give the rest of our time just leaning into a point that's really hard to make but really important for us to hear. Wounds do not simply go away. A crushed spirit doesn't go away on its own. Here's the wisdom. Wounds require work, my friend. The proverb says a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Dry bones are brittle. Dry bones are signs of decay and death. In other words, if left alone, wounds fester and they rot our lives in brittle bones. The idea is that the wounded spirit that's neglected, it will lead to further crushing. It will lead to further breaking. A crushed inner life has to be named and it has to be healed. Here's the wisdom the wounded need. Wounds require work, and it's painful work. And because it's painful work, many of us avoid it. My son, who's 11, my youngest daughter, who's three, almost four, they both got the flu last week. And it was mild, but they both felt pretty crummy. And so we got Tamiflu for them, the liquid kind of Tamiflu for kids. And I don't know if you know this, but liquid Tamiflu is disgusting. It tastes terrible. Uh, but it helps heal. According to our doctor, it helps lessen the severity of symptoms and it helps shorten the amount of time that you have the flu. My son and my daughter, who both need Tamiflu, are standing there. My son takes it first and immediately makes a face of disgust. And then he grunts out loud in pain and then he ran to get a drink of water. My daughter, who also needed to take the Tamiflu to get better, saw all of that and knowing that it was her turn next, ran out of the room. <laughs> and she refused to take it. Not just in that moment, she continued to refuse to take it. And no amount of convincing could change her mind. And so my son got better faster, and my daughter stayed sick longer. Paying attention to a crushed inner life, paying attention to our wounds, it can feel like that. The idea even of having a conversation, the idea even of even starting a process, there's a bitter taste 
It's painful. The face distorts. You feel the pain. You, you, you run for some sort of you know, help or relief. And, and some of you, my friends, even as I've been talking, I spoke to things that called up feelings that are just easier to not deal with or thoughts that are easier to not deal with or memories that are easier to not deal with. And I'm scared of the bitter taste that comes with trying to heal. And I would rather run out of the room. Hear me. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Considering how loss has wounded my soul is really painful. Considering how my physical sickness has affected my inner life is really painful. Goodness, doing the work to discover how the stubborn in my life and the scoffer in my life has crushed my spirit with their foolishness. That's scary, and it's really painful. But without that work, your bones will dry up, and life becomes frail. See this, friends? This is the hardest thing I have to say, and so I submit it to you with a heart of love. I promise. Wounds, a crushed spirit that is not treated with wisdom, it leads to foolishness. It will come out of your life as foolishness. Time does not heal all wounds. It doesn't. Uh, time is part of healing, but time alone is not all that's needed. Maybe we all know people that for some, all time did was create more space for their wounds to fester. What the wounded need to know is that if we're not paying attention to our crushed spirit, if we're not seeking help and healing for our crushed spirit, life will only hurt worse. We've said this before. Pain either transforms you or it's transmitted from you. It's really cliche, but it's true. Hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And we are all responsible for what comes out of us, yes. I'm not saying anything less than that, but we would do well to consider. I just, friends, think that following Jesus with all of our life means considering the ways that maybe the problems in our present are connected to unhealed pain from our past. So what happens if my spirit is crushed because of loss and I avoid or ignore? That will come out of my life as some form of foolishness. I will either become so afraid of future loss that my life becomes all about avoiding pain. That's what the simple do. And yet you can't avoid pain because we're not in control. And so when we're faced with not being in control, we grow bitter and are easily offended and quick to quarrel and really critical of others who have what we don't. And that's what stubborn does. What happens if my spirit is crushed because of sickness and I avoid, I ignore how that's affecting me in my inner life? how it's wounded me in my very spirit. What happens is, is I live my life thinking only of the ways my life is not like others and I forget all the ways that I'm still alive and have purpose. What happens if my spirit is crushed because of the stubborn? This is really complicated. Please hear me. If my spirit's crushed by a fool and I ignore or I avoid, then what will happen is I will only know how to exist in relationships where there's a fool present which means I will either gravitate towards that and make it easy for fools to hurt me, or worse, I will become one. Brother, consider something. Did your dad yell at you, was harsh with you, wound you with words, and now you talk to your kids the way that your dad talked to you? It doesn't have to be that way. Sister, did mom have a way of controlling the home with strong, unstable, harsh emotion, and now you wield emotion in your relationships the same way? It doesn't have to be like that. I, I just, I think God would have a see, as hard as it is to talk about, I think God would have a see that the crushed spirit, the wounds that we ignore and avoid and neglect, they don't 
go away. They simply come out of our lives in ways that create more wounds. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Beloved, is there any of that in your life? Have you ever asked the question, how has the pain I've experienced affected my soul? Maybe it's the pain from last year, maybe the pain from 20 years ago. In what ways has my inner life been crushed by loss, suffering, relational hurt? And if you've never given thought to any of that, if you've never given wise consideration to that, it may be that it's coming out of your life in ways you don't know. And maybe even in ways that are causing more pain and it looks like fear or it looks like anger. It looks like bitterness or worry or judgmentalism or criticism. And wisdom calls out and says it doesn't have to be like that. I have good news. Are we ready for some good news? I'm ready to share some good news. Remember when I said the phrase crushed spirit appears four times in the Bible? Three are in Proverbs. We've read all of them. Do you know the fourth? Proverbs 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Jesus wants to heal you. He is willing and he is able. At Citizens, one of our church's values is whole person discipleship, all of life fully formed by love for Jesus. And the way we talk about it is this. It's like your life is like a home with multiple rooms and Jesus is not a guest in the home. Jesus isn't even a close family member in the home. Jesus owns the home, which means he gets to walk into every room and his gracious healing presence is welcome in every room. And wisdom, please hear me, wisdom calls out to the crushed in spirit and says, whatever room you keep your wounds in, open that door to Jesus. He loves you and he can heal you. And what we want him to do is to fix our outer life first. Give me what I lost back. Heal me from my sickness. Punish the fool. And all of that will happen in time. We'll talk about that next week. But if we could see something, what we most need from him, remember, what we most need from him is not the outer life fixed, but the inner life healing. He and he alone can do that. And he delights in that. He calls out to the weary and heavy laden and says, come to me, I'm gentle and lowly. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not put out. And no matter what crushed your spirit, nothing is stronger than Jesus. And no matter how long you've lived with your wounds, it's never too late for Jesus. And no matter how broken you've become, you're never beyond the reach of Jesus. Here's my question, then I'll pray. Is your spirit crushed? Are you wounded? And if your answer is yes, there's a couple of kinds of yeses. Some of you, you're wounded, your spirit's crushed, and you're already doing the wise work. You're already on a journey. You're in community. You're in Christian counseling. You're in church. It's messy but you're not ignoring, you're not avoiding. You've opened the door to Jesus and you've said, please come in. Life gets brittle without you. And if that's you, what you need to hear is this, my friend, keep going, keep going, be patient. It's worth it. You're so brave and we're all cheering for you and Jesus loves you. There's another kind of yes in the room. And it's the, the yes that says, yes, my spirit's crushed. Yes, I'm wounded. There's pain I've never talked about though. There's loss I've never grieved, and, and you may even be seeing in your life ways that you're transmitting pain that you stuffed and thought would go away. You say, my spirit is crushed, I'm wounded, I don't want to ignore that, but I don't know where to start, I don't know how to move forward. And what you need to hear is this, friend, if that's you, just take one step. 
just one step. It's a long road. Just take one step. And maybe that means coming down for prayer at the end of service like many did after the nine this morning. Maybe it's coming back next week as we continue talking about wisdom and the wounded. Maybe, and what would be best, honestly, please come to recovery on Wednesday nights. We have a group for people who suffer from anxiety. We also, last Wednesday, started a brand new group for people who have and are experiencing suffering of different kinds. That group is led by Robin Bush and Mary Turner, two women who have been so wise with their own wounds and now are helping others do the same. Maybe you're not ready for any of that. Maybe the only step you'd consider right now is talking to God about your crushed spirit, and that matters. Ask him to help you believe he's near. But hear this, if that's you, hear this. It's worth it. It's worth it. Taking the steps, seeking Jesus and his healing, because there is a story that can come even and especially from our wounds. There's a story that can come out of a crushed spirit, and it's beautiful. You know what happened to the flowering plant? I know you've been wondering this whole time, just (laughs) worried. It laid there for about a week. And I thought about throwing it away a few times, uh, but just didn't. And one morning I went outside and I looked over and it had a bloom on it. A big, beautiful red flower. And a few days later I went outside and there was another bloom, another big, beautiful red flower. You know what happened? That crushed plant bloomed all summer. There was almost never a time it didn't have a big, beautiful flower on it, and it stayed on the ground, but it bloomed laying down. And there was a beauty to it that was different than than all the healthy plants. It seemed like the blooms from the broken plant just meant more and mattered more. And maybe it's odd, but in that plant, I just saw so many people I know. I saw my little brother. I saw so many of you who have been crushed. And yet, because of Jesus and wisdom, there's a beauty that comes from their life. And they have been transformed, not in spite of their wounds, but because of them. And through suffering, they've been made more like Jesus, and their life blooms patience. And it blooms godly grief, and it blooms joy, and it blooms love, and it blooms a longing for Jesus' return, and it blooms a tender empathy, and it blooms a courageous faith. And it's not that you have to wait for complete healing for that beauty to come. You can bloom lying down. It can come out of your life now. And don't you want that story, friends? What Jesus invites us into, invites you into, is that. With Jesus, friend, you can be crushed and blooming. You can be wounded and beautiful. God help us. We love you. Jesus, would you be with us? Would you minister to us? Words fail what my brothers and sisters need in this moment. My knowledge fails what my brothers and sisters need in this moment. My experience fails what my brothers and sisters need in this moment. But what I lack, you have in abundance, Lord God. You see every story. You know every wound. You know every need. And you are the God who meets the broken so that they can be crushed and blooming at the same time. You are the God who meets the hurting so that they can be wounded and beautiful all at the same time. Would you help us? We need you. And would you 
Help my friends this morning, God. Would you help us this morning just take that one step to those walking this path already, seeking wisdom for their wounds. Would you just comfort them? It's exhausting. Give them strength for today. For those who have never even thought about this, but they need to take a step, God. It's scary. Give them courage for today. We love you and need you. In your name we pray, amen.